to uh, get into a message, and this is just something that I was uh, thinking about during the week, and it's a kind of a thought that I have on a, a regular basis almost, and I remind myself of this, but um, just the simple truth that I had nothing to do, well it covers all of us, we had nothing to do with the time we were born in. This was God's design. I don't know if you ever have that thought, but I do. So before I get into this, uh, let's go before the Lord in prayer and uh, just put our expectors up. Father God, we just thank You for today. We thank You for choosing us. We thank You for calling us Your beloved sons and daughters. And we just thank You for the freedom that we have in Christ. We thank You for the freedom that we have in these United States, Lord. And we know that You're not finished with this great nation, Lord. But I thank You for the great awakening that's happening in Your people and in the people that hear the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news. And I pray that You would open the ears of this nation to the truth that they have been set free by the power of the Spirit of the living God, that Jesus has already saved them. They just have to embrace the truth of that. Lord, we thank You that You've provided us everything we need in Christ Jesus, and we just rest in that truth. And we thank You that we are being transformed today by hearing Your Word, Lord, that it goes into the good ground of our heart, and it produces a harvest. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So as I was saying that, I have these thoughts, and maybe I'm just goofy. I sit here and think, I had nothing to do with the time I was born in. Nothing to do with who I was born to. Nothing to do with the nation I was born in. This was God's design. So, just going off of that truth, He designed us for this time in history. Now, some may not like that thought. I remember when I was a little kid, I used to hear my parents, it must have been my parents, and maybe aunts and uncles or whatever, talk about the joys of growing up in the 50s and the 60s. Now, I just sneaked in, snuck in. I was born in 1969, so I snuck in. I was, I, could I be considered a child of the 60s? I don't know. But, Anyways, I used to hear about how awesome it was growing up in the 50s and 60s. And as a kid, you know, the reruns I watched were the shows that my parents watched, and maybe some of you watched, but I used to love watching Leave It to Beaver. I watched My Three Sons. I watched Please Don't Eat the Daisies. I watched all those shows. And uh, now you're going to go off daydreaming about those. But, but those were great shows, and that's, I loved seeing that stuff, and, and, uh, as a little kid, I remember, and even, even through my teenage years, thinking, man, I really feel ripped off. I wish I would have grown up in the 50s and 60s when it was really cool. But I did, I did enjoy growing up in the decades that I did in the 70s and 80s. and I had tons of fun and all that stuff. But what we're going to talk about today is our, we are assigned to this moment right now. God saw it best for you to be born in this time, to exist in this time. You would be the most effective in this time. And I've heard it said by different ministers over the years that people of the past, in the Bible days and whatever, they wanted to be born in this time. They wished they could be in this time. And, and as we look around us and throughout the world and just you know, it's kind of cliche, but it's the signs of the times or whatever, but everything kind of points to the soon return of Jesus. So I've, I've heard it said by many, a minister and different people that everybody was, they wanted to be born now. They're jealous of us, born in these, in these days. But whatever the case, you and me, and there anybody in the sound of my voice, you were designed for this very moment in time. Your life was designed by God. And uh, that's not something to be taken 
lightly. So we're not here just to take up space, right? We're not just here to be a bump on a log and then go to heaven and all that stuff, right? But we're here to be effective. And so we have, if we've been assigned to this time, that means we're on assignment. We have an assignment, right? And it looks different for different people. We all have, we've heard it said, repeated over and over, we all have our spheres of influence, right? So we have an assignment. It's not just to exist and take up oxygen and, and check out, punch out, right? So we're just going to get into that. I always, again, I always kind of feel like messages that are kind of laid on my heart and roads I go down when I'm preparing a message, I always feel like it's like a public service announcement or something like, here, this is just to remind you, just in case you weren't thinking about this or just in case you forgot, but, um, but you are on assignment. We have been assigned to this time. And the more I kind of go down that road in my mind, the more important, the more weight it holds. Like, hey, this is serious. Like, if you look throughout history and the impact that different people had who you know, who we know, stepped into their assignments that God had for them at their time, their lifetime. We see the impact they had that impacted future generations, whatever that looked like. I mean, thank God for Noah. Now he stepped into his assignment <laughs> and all that. And, and different people we see throughout the Bible. And, and Paul, and we could go on and on. But uh, we're going to start in the book of Jeremiah this morning. We're going to kind of hang out there a little bit. But Jeremiah 10.23 says, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It's not in man who walks to direct his own steps. And that's in the New King James Version. So the New Living Translation says, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. So, in and of ourselves, we don't have the ability to plan our own steps. We don't have the ability to walk out our own life in victory. It's, it, it's in Proverbs 16.25. This verse came up to me immediately when I read this verse in Jeremiah 10.23. So Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And how many know we can just sit back in our lazy boys and watch culture, and we're looking at a lot of people that are doing things that seem right to them, but it's ending in death everywhere. So the more we look to ourselves and try to dictate our own steps and figure things out on our own, the worse it's going to look. The more we do things in our own strength, I mean, we see culture thinking, okay, I feel this way, this must be right, so I'm going to take this action and cut perfectly good body parts off, or whatever, right? We're seeing things that culture thinks looks right, they're celebrating things that seem right because you feel this way, because you're whatever, and you're getting affirmation by a bunch of other people that are going their own way, and it's just a big giant mess, right? So this is just an amazing verse in Jeremiah, and it declares very clearly, it is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. God never intended us to do this life alone. It was all about relationship with him, intimate relationship with him, and seeking his wisdom and His design for our life. And that has to do with our assigned time that He chose us to be born in. So we're going to go to Jeremiah 29. Uh, you may have this on your refrigerator at home. It's a common one, right? Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Isn't it awesome to think how special you must be, all of you, here and in the sound of my voice. You're so special that God actually thinks about you. You were He dreamed you. He thinks about you. 
Psalm 139:17 and 18 says, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. So more than anybody, more than any living being, God thinks about you the most. He's bananas over you. If you were to say it in Keith Green talk, bananas. Um, if you know who that is. So He is crazy in love with each and every one of us. And so much so that he can't get you out of his mind. Do you realize that? Is that comforting at some level? Even if you don't think much of yourself, God thinks only good things about you. You've never, do you know that you've never disappointed God? If you've ever disappointed God, that would mean there's something he doesn't know. Because it would have taken him by surprise and nothing takes him by surprise, but he sees you in Christ Jesus. And that is why He calls us His beloved. Because we have embraced the greatest gift He ever gave. Christ Jesus. You have embraced Christ Jesus as your Lord. If you have not, all you have to do is say, Jesus, be my Lord. I give up. I'm done doing it myself. I embrace the gift of Jesus. And you enter into that adopted family of God. That's for somebody. Somebody, Lord speaking to somebody. But you are so precious. And this verse in Jeremiah just reminds us that the thoughts that the Lord has for us, His desire in this assigned time, even though in the natural we see almost no peace in culture. It's crazy. There's fighting and dissension and division in judgment and chaos and weirdness. I don't think I'm alighting any or, 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 or making you aware of anything that you don't already know, right? So, but God's thoughts about us are always thoughts of peace. His desire is to see us walk in the peace that was accomplished through the finished work of Jesus at the cross. He wanted us to walk in peace so much that He actually, in our new nature in Christ, that's part of our new nature is peace. Part of our new nature is joy. We have a future. We have a hope. We say it all the time here, the best is yet to come, right? No matter, we might have to walk through hell, but the best is still yet to come, Right? Maybe you already have walked through some hell. I'm sure at some level all of us have, but the best is still yet to come. And let's go to Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13. It says, Then you will call upon me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So, God isn't saying He's hiding anything from us in this. This is a promise. When we call upon God, He's going to listen. Why wouldn't He? He wants, you to, he wants to have everything to do with your life down to the most minute detail. He wants, he wants you to be absorbed in Him, in His love for you, in His desire to walk with you, in His desire to show you by the Holy Spirit things to come. He wants to, He desires for you, for us to walk in peace. And walking out God's assignment is supposed to just be a way of life, not a, oh, I'm going to go to church this week and get a checkup on what I'm supposed to be doing, make sure all my T's are crossed, my I's are dotted. No. It's supposed to be a daily communing. A daily, moment-by-moment moment fellowship. Right? I mean, that's how involved God sees His relationship with you. He wants to be part of everything. Every minute detail. And another thing is, is God's not ever hiding His assignment, His will 
for us. He's not, it's not a mystery. He's hiding it for us. And this verse says, you will seek me and you will find me. That's a promise. As we continue to seek the Lord, seek His wisdom, seek His guidance, there's a promise right here. He's, he's going to reveal that to you. And we receive, it's a walk of faith. He's not going to, I've heard it said by different people, but, you know, God is a gentleman. Holy Spirit is gentle. Jesus is gentle. They're not going to force themselves on you. But what pleases God is a heart that longs for Him, that longs, a heart of, of faith. Right? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith is just simple trust and reliance on what He said is true. And I believe this in Jeremiah 29, 12-13 is true. I'm guaranteed that if I seek after God and I inquire of Him, He's going to hear me. And I'll be able to hear Him. This is a promise. We search for Him with all of our heart. Make, you know, it might be it go, goes without saying, I guess, but I, I heard somebody say it, so I'm gonna say it. I was listening to somebody, I feel like it was Carrie Pickett or something this week, and it says the closer we walk with God, the clearer we see his guidance. That's kind of common sense almost, right? So as we the the closer we are, the the more we seek after him, the more clear our assignment is gonna be become to us. The more clear His will for our lives is going to be, be to us. The more revelation we're going to get, this is how He made me. This is how He wired me. This is who He called me to be an influence to in my sphere of influence. So as we, as we walk closer, the guidance is clear. Matthew 6.33 Everybody knows this verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I've heard it said this means seeking God in His way of doing and being right. It's really just seeking God in His way of doing things. And how do we know what that is? Well, His Word is His will. That's, that's a real big indicator right there. Proverbs 3, 5-6 through 6 says, tells us, encourages us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, to not lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways to acknowledge Him. And He'll direct our paths. And as, as just mere humans, which we're not mere humans, if we have Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we're supernatural, children of the living God. Amen? But we do have a very limited perspective in and of our own self, but how many knows that God has unlimited perspective? And that's what I was thinking about as I was reading this verse in Proverbs, to not lean on our own understanding. We're, it, I don't have to go through a big discourse on telling you how limited our perspective is apart from God and trying to figure things out in our own strength and figure things out in our own ability, if you will. But we are not limited to our own ability. We're free to embrace God's ability in us. And He has unlimited perspective. Even, even the beautiful promise in John, the Gospel of John, where Jesus was telling the disciples that about Holy Spirit, and that He would lead us and guide us into all truth. So as we walk in complete trust and acknowledge Him in all of our ways, I don't care if it's in your job, I don't care if it's in your day-to-day -day living at home, I don't care if it's in your marriage or your parenting or your grandparenting or whatever it is, if you're coming up against something and you don't know, all you got to do is just say, Lord, I don't know. But the one who knows everything about everything lives on the inside of me. And so right now I'm just receiving 
wisdom, from the spirit of wisdom that lives inside of me. You said he would lead me into all truth. And whatever that truth is, Holy Spirit will lead you into that truth. He'll lead you into that place of wisdom for whatever you need at that time. Right in James it says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. But you can't doubt, right? You've got to believe that that wisdom is going to be given. God is liberal with his wisdom. It says These are my paraphrases, but um, God is liberal with his wisdom. The spirit of wisdom lives on the inside of us. Going on in John 10.27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So, again, going to our assignment in this assigned time that we live in, God wants us to walk listening to Him speaking to us. You know, he's, Pastor Chad said this over and over, but He is always, always, always speaking to us. He is always talking to us. Always reaching out to us. Always, Holy Spirit's always wooing us. Are we listening? Maybe we're not always listening. I, I know there was times in my life, and, and I know Pastor Chad shared this today at the same time. He went through this time. It was in his youth or whatever, and he always had to have noise. Always had to have the radio cranked to 10. And I was the same way. I literally remember I had these detachable speakers on this boom box, a.k.a. ghetto blaster. We call them ghetto blasters in the 80s. But detached them. I would lay on the floor. I'd have those speakers three inches from either ear on 10, rocking out to whatever music I was. Like, I, it's crazy. I'm like, how do, I, how do I hear to this day? How did that work? But thank God I can hear. But that's just one little goofy picture of, of drowning out maybe God's voice. But always wanting noise, always having noise in our life. And, and maybe that's why we can't hear Him speak. And just one reason, every, we, we don't stop the noise. We don't, we're not still. We're not being still and knowing that He is God. And, and uh, maybe we're, we're trusting in our own understanding. Maybe when you're, God's trying to speak to you, hey, 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 slow down. Just pause for a second. And we're like, i got to figure this out. i got to do this. i got to do that. i I gotta go here, I gotta go there. And God's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have the answer you're looking for. You just need to stop for a second. You need to trust me. Seek me. Just hear what I'm trying to speak to you. And maybe he'll speak through someone to you, and you discount that. Like, oh, what does that person know? But God might be trying to it could even be your own kid. That God's trying to speak to you through. But we, we have to be aware that God is always trying to communicate to us. Maybe we're distracted by, I kind of touched on that, but just distracted by the circumstances around us. It's, it can be chaotic. And, um, you know, it's, for me, I can be distracted. I, I feel like this, you know, I'm a man, so it's like generally we're compartmental. A little bit like we're. I heard somebody say men are like waffles. You know, waffles have the little squares all over them, and that's kind of how our brain works. Generally, we can be in one compartment, not thinking about what's in the other compartment. And uh, if I sit and I can, I, I can sit and think about things. I had it come out of the blue this morning. I'm taking a shower, or whatever, shaving or something, and I start thinking about things we had to do at work. Like, what in the world? This is my four-day weekend. What am I thinking about work for? But you can start getting off on and getting caught up in circumstances of life. And that can look like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But that, just being so focused on the goings-on of your life that you don't hear the voice of the Lord wooing you into His arms and wanting to just commune with you. And bring encouragement to your heart, and you know, you know what I'm saying. How crazy you can get in your life, and your mind can get all 
whatever. But God is calling us to embrace that peace that He promised us. And to walk, our assignment includes walking, I believe walking a life out of peace, even in the midst of a storm. And this, there's a lot of storms raging in this life, but that is His heart to see us walk in those in, in that peace and not distracted so much that we don't hear His voice. Because it says right here in John that His sheep hear His voice and we are His sheep. And I say that all the time. I pray that all the time. Lord, I thank You that I hear Your voice. I ask You to give me ears to hear Your voice. Because if He says it, you know that confessing? One of the definitions of confess is to say the same thing as. So, you know, that even goes to Romans 10 where the, the, the Scripture that's read often to receive Jesus. That if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord already. He didn't become Lord when you confessed Him as your Lord. He was crowned Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He, he is Lord no matter what you think about things. But when we confess Him as our Lord, we say the same thing as God the Father. When we say the same thing as, we confess Him as our Lord, He becomes our Lord by faith. And, and I often confess the things that I read in the Word even if my natural mind isn't like, nah, that's, I don't get it. But just like the Scripture, Jesus says in John 10, His sheep hear His voice. Well, Lord, I'm Your sheep. I'm Your Son. I'm Your beloved Son. And maybe I don't fully get it, but I'm going to say what You're saying. I have ears to hear Your voice. So thank You for speaking to me. Thank You for communicating with me the, communicating to me the wisdom that I need in this situation. You can do the same thing in your own life. Because He wants to be a... I mean, He's the one that wrote books about you people in heaven. In Psalm, it talks about books written about us. It is his, those books include, I believe, the design that He saw, that He created for our lives. Books written about us. And that's our assignment. I want to walk in those assigned things that He's assigned to me in my life. And I know that that's your heart too. Let's go to Psalm 37. It says, Delight yourself. This is verse 4 and 5. Delight yourself also in the Lord and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. And Many of you have heard this verse over and over and heard exactly what I'm about to say. But as we delight ourselves in the Lord, as we find our delight in Him, not in other things, but in Him, as we find our satisfaction in Him, as we, that's our resting place, is in Him. He begins to give us the desires that He wants in our life to be manifested. He puts His desires in our heart. It's not about delighting yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires. Oh yeah, if I delight myself in the Lord, I'm going to get that Lamborghini that I've always wanted. What That's ridiculous. Not that He's against Lamborghinis. If you want one, go for it. But He will give you the desires that match up to his assignment for your life. He'll give you the desires that match up with the design of your life. And that's good. I, I only want His desires. Because any other desires on my own, apart from Him, apart from seeking Him, most likely are self-centered and selfish. And are to serve only me. But I don't want that. I want His desires in my heart to come alive. And this word commit in this verse, commit your way to the Lord, it means to roll into another. 
to roll into another. And the word trust means confidence, boldness, and security. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. Find your security in Him. Now, I've never used a prop before up here, and this isn't much of a prop, but I saw somebody do this to kind of give a visual of what this word commit here in this verse means. So commit means to roll into another. So here's you, this piece of paper. I'm going to roll it up. So this is you. This is your uh, life. Uh, this is it. This is you. It's a crumpled mess. Well, you're going to roll this word commit. Roll into another. Now this is the Lord. And your life is encompassed in Him. And He and you are one. And wherever you go, the Lord goes. Wherever the Lord goes, you go. So you're rolling your life. Roll, rolling your cares. Rolling all of that into the Lord. And that's, that's, the, that's the illustration I saw somebody else use. And I thought, that's pretty simple. That's pretty good. I get that. But just to... Commit your way. Okay, Lord, I'm done trying this on my own. I'm done doing this on my own strength. I'm done trying to figure this out. I'm done trying to reason it out. I'm rolling it all into you. Isn't that, remember that verse, cast your care in Him, for He cares for you. And I, it took me a while to, to get this, but I'm not going to care or take the care of that Lord, you take it. It's for you to care. And if you don't care, I don't care. <laughs> so, casting your care is like refusing to take a care. Care can be an anxiety, worry, whatever. You're like, you know what? Here's this care, anxiety, worry, whatever it is. You deal with it. That's it. And then I've heard people say, follow up with that, say, I could care less if somebody else brings up that situation, you know what? I could care less. They think you're being mean, but no, you've casted that care on Him, knowing that He cares for you. Amen? So, 1 Corinthians 6.17, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him. So, that rolling into, that definition of commit, 1 Corinthians 6.17, this is also a verse that kind of came up in my mind when I was reading that. Is, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. You know you're never without Him. You are joined. I'm not even going to say good luck trying to unjoin because He's not letting go. And I thank God for that. He's not letting go of us. That we're one spirit with Him. 1 Corinthians 6.19-20 says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And one way we glorify God is just walking in obedience to His Word. Amen? Just walking and stepping in alignment with His Word in our life. Walking in God's assignment for our lives isn't complicated. It's simple. The Gospel's simple. God's not complicated. But, it's not the easiest thing at the same time because it involves some level of sacrifice. Mostly to do with our own stinking Stubborn selves, right? I'm stinking and stubborn sometimes. I want my own way sometimes. Left to our own devices, we're all a bunch of selfish, self-centered brats. But all you got to do is look at a two-year-old. I mean, you don't even have to teach them to be selfish. They already know how to be selfish. But So that's us apart from God. But no, walking in God's assignment in our life. Uh, it does involve some sacrifices. It, it involves laying some things down, right? As we walk in our assignments. It might be laying down a relationship that is pulling us away from God or um, 
hindering our assigned walk in Christ Jesus. I've been through that. We've, I've had to drop relationships and let go of friends or whatever that looks like. And I'm sure we've all had that at some level in our life. But, but uh, when we make those choices, we make those choices, you know, no matter what, I'm following God's design for my life. I'm stepping into God's assignment. And you know the best friends, I don't know who I heard this from, but the best friends you can have You'll know it's a best friend, a good friend, when they enhance your relationship with the Lord. When they complement your relationship with the Lord. When you're around them, they are a positive encouragement. You know that iron sharpens iron verse, right? A, a, a friend, a good friend will sharpen you as iron sharpens iron. And, and if you see people, if there's people in your life that seem to be constantly pulling you down or you're around them and it's just like, oh my gosh, it takes you some time to just wash off all the stuff they you know, made or left you with. I don't know. But maybe God's trying to get your attention. You know, like that's, a, that's a hindrance to your walk. I don't, I don't know. But you know. And uh, there's, there's just different things in our lives that whether it's a relationship, whether it's a thing, uh, just something maybe we're involved in that we just need to let go of and let God take it. Well, Romans 8.14 says, those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That's not talking about sons, male. It's just sons of God. That, that word actually means mature ones. So in our assignment, we are to be led by the Spirit of God. As you, as you take those steps of obedience, even against the, the, the pressure maybe you feel in your life. I know when I've taken steps of obedience, stepped out against my, you know, I, I've often said I've, you know, I have the, that weakness, the enemy likes to, it's, it's like a weakness of, of being a people pleaser. I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, whatever. But when I've taken those steps, I know are right. I know it's God leading me. Even in the face of discomfort, you know, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but when I've taken those steps of obedience, a few things happen. One, it makes me stronger to step, in step out in obedience the next time. And, and uh, it just, I mean, it, it, it helps, it, it matures you a little bit more as you step in those. And it takes faith sometimes. It takes faith a lot of times. To step out in obedience to what God is calling you to do. Even, even stepping into Karis New Testament Church here. It was one of the hardest things. It was, I'm not going to go into that story, but um, you know, just coming out of the church I came, I, there was no issues there or whatever, but it was just a, I knew God was pulling me and drawing me into this place. And that was a step, I look back, and that was a step of obedience. And I've been stretched beyond what I ever could imagine stepping into this place and God has stretched me quite a bit <laughs> and brought a lot of correction in life but I've, I've grown a lot just just stepping out into obedience and stepping into what God has for me and I would encourage you to um, to have a sensitive ear a sensitive heart to God's leading as you walk out your assignment in life and and uh, be quick to obey and because uh, the results are really up to him. When you obey God, you know, don't, you, there's nothing to worry about. When you believe you're stepping out in obedience to God, leave the results up to him. We're just called to walk in that obedience. Amen. So let's go to Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, 1 through 2. It says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. So, Really, in, in a nutshell, this, this scripture is just declaring, stay anchored in the Word of God. Stay continuously in a place of planting and allowing the Word of God to be planted in your heart. To, be, to take root, to produce fruit, to produce a harvest. Because His Word is incorruptible seed. 
And you know, the, there's that parable that talks about the seed, the sower sows the Word. And I believe that you're all sowers. You're here. Believe it or not, the Word is being sown in your heart. And it's going into the soil of your heart. And we want the soil of our heart to be fertile soil, good ground. And just to kind of wrap all that parable up that talks about the sower sowing the Word, the best ground was the ground with the least stuff in it. The best ground was the ground without the rocks and the thorns and the thistles and the hard-packed soil, right? The best ground was fertile, was tilled up. I say that a lot. Pray that a lot. Lord, till up the soil of my heart to receive Your Word as it's planted in there to take root and to uh, grow up and, and produce a harvest in my life. So that verse in Proverbs here we just read talks about not forgetting His commands, not forgetting His Word, and just continuously implanting it into our hearts. So let's go on to verse 3 and 4 of that same chapter in Proverbs. It says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. I hear people jokingly say this, men, say this, I'm the head of my house, but my wife's the neck and the neck turns the head. Right? Have you ever used that joke before, guys? No? Okay. Don't use it. But So this Scripture to says to bind truth and mercy around our neck. And the neck in this verse is actually a symbol of our will and our conscience. And that's what turns the head in reality is the neck. So binding His truth around our neck. So wherever we go, wherever our head turns, we're going to walk in. We're, the point is to continue walking in His truth. Continue walking in His Word. I mean, the whole point of the Word, sowing the Word on our heart, as we want to think the way God thinks, we want to see the way God sees. We want to do the way God does, right? We're His kids. We, we're His representatives on the earth. We should look just like Jesus on this earth as we walk in this. That was His whole, that was the whole point is coming and freeing us from the bondage of sin and just the way Jesus, He was the prototype. I've heard another minister say Jesus was our prototype. He was the perfect example of the way we're supposed to be walking in this life. With the authority He walked in. We have this, he has given us that same authority. So walking in our assignment includes submitting to God's will in our lives. And His Word, like I said a few minutes ago, His Word is His will. If you want to know what the will of God is, sow the Word and start. Look at the Word. His Word is His will. And again, His Word should be our lifestyle. We should have a lifestyle of walking in His Word. And I, again, I know you're here. I know you're hungry for the Word. And just I want to encourage you to continue walking out His Word because that's His plan. That's His, His love letter to us is His, is His Word. So um, we are led... We're to be led by Holy Spirit. And guess what? Guess who authored the Word of God? Holy Spirit. Right? Those who are, we go back to that Scripture, those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons, the mature ones of God. You know what language Holy Spirit speaks? The Word. He speaks the Word. That's His language. He speaks the Word. So He's not going to lead us anywhere contrary. He's not going to do anything contrary to the Word. He is the author of the Word. He, men were used through history inspired by Holy Spirit to write that love letter. So, He'll never lead us astray or away from the Word. So, um, we in closing, um, again, I feel like this was just like a PSA, public service announcement, like Remember, you're on assignment. 
You were assigned for this moment in time. And it, to us, if, you know, you're like, I don't agree with that very much. This is nuts. This is the most chaotic, ridiculous culture I've ever seen. Why did I get assigned here? Well, God designed you for now. God designed you for here and now. God designed you for this moment. Maybe, just maybe, ask Him, so what were you thinking when you put me here? Who did you want me to impact in this sphere of these spheres of influence that you've given me? Maybe, maybe start consulting with the Creator. Why am I here? What is this assignment? I mean, I know you've you're in your assignment whether you know it or not, but realize that this moment in time you are going to be the most effective right now. And that's a privilege. Maybe this is way too obvious or way too common sense. I don't know, but don't, let's not take it lightly. God takes our assignment seriously and I think we should do it. We should too. Amen? I, I really do. So it's easy to get caught up with the craziness of the culture, but um, I pray that we stay on assignment. And, uh, and that by staying on assignment, that's just a continual pressing in to God. A continual seeking Him, seeking Him in His Word, seeking Him on a daily basis. Again, it's a daily walk. It's a just supposed to be a normal part of life. Just walking in sweet communion with our Lord and and uh, it's important. I mean, there there are people in 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 all seriousness. I mean, I've been serious, but there are people that God has assigned to us that I believe that will. I don't want to say only, but be the most open to us ministering to them. I really do believe that that there are people in your spheres of influence, in your life, you may not think that you're capable or what qualified or whatever, but God has qualified you. God has assigned you here. He's qualified you. He's given you... You have no lack of anything in Christ Jesus. You are equipped with more than enough than you'll ever need. Spirit of God lives in you and there are people assigned to us that will be most open to what we have to say by the power of the Holy Spirit speaking through us. Does that make sense? It should make sense. But be open to that. Say, Lord, who do you want me to reach for you? Who, who have you assigned me to? to preach the gospel, to love on, to come alongside, to pray, to encourage, whatever that looks like. But you are on assignment. And you know, you may I don't I don't I have not been in any conversations, but I know it's probably a common thought for people like, get me the heck out of here. Let's go to heaven. But we have a job to do. We have an assignment to do. Let's not be in such a hurry. You know this life is just a vapor, right? It's just a vapor. <laughs> it's not that long. So, right. Right. So, um, yeah. It, trillions of years from now, we'll be like, man, what were we thinking? That was, that was a vapor. I barely remember that. <laughs> but thank God, I was able to bring him and her and tell him and her about Jesus and they got to, right? Amen? God loves people. He loves you. So, so realize, the bottom line is, we've been assigned to this moment. We're on assignment. And um, seek God. Continue to seek God. He's just been chilling. And, uh, but God's got stuff for us to do. And He wants to be involved in our life. And uh, He wants to see people come into the kingdom. Because there's a hurting world out there and 
I mean, they're just hearing reiterated statistics and people. Church has got to be ready because there's a lot of messed up people out there, and the the suicide rates for certain parts of our culture are just off the charts because they're realizing this was not the answer. What I did was not the answer. And they're hurting and they're looking for the answer and Jesus is the answer. Amen? And we want to be ready to love on them, to give them a hope, to give them the uh, the answer they're really looking for. And they're, they, they might not know it, but they're they're looking for Jesus. Pastor Chad said it great through this series we're just in. This is a little intermission, but counterculture where you know people want peace, but they don't want Jesus. You know, people want joy, they want whatever, they don't want Jesus. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the source of joy. People want to be have that place of satisfaction. He's the only one that satisfies. And uh, we have to be ready to tell them. Amen? The time is short. So we're going to close in prayer and end in one last song of worship. But uh, I hope you were encouraged by something in this message. And if not, at the very least, just reminded that you were assigned at this time for a purpose. And you were on assignment. And uh, we cannot forget that. Because God wants to partner up with you and and see great things done on this on this earth. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank You for Your goodness and Your grace. And we, we consider it, Lord, an honor and a privilege to be alive in this day and hour. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that You would just reveal to all of us the assignment that You have for us even before the foundation of the world was laid. You designed us and assigned us for this moment in time to walk in communion with You, to walk led by You, to walk led by Your Spirit. We thank You, Lord, for leading us by Your Spirit, for ordering our steps. And we choose to put our full trust and reliance on You. And thank You that the good work that You began in us, You will bring to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.